Welcome to 10-Minute Training, bite-sized training topics for your board from the Utah Association of Public Charter Schools. Welcome to our 10-Minute Training on the Open and Public Meetings Act. This information will hopefully help your board as you fulfill the requirement to have Open Public Meetings Act training every year, but also learn some valuable information so that your board can be very effective and follow the law, <laughs> which is always really good. So I'm here um, with Shannon Greer, who is our director of training at UAPCS. Hi, Shannon. Hello, Gina. And today, um, we just want to talk about this act because as public entities that charter schools are, we need to do our business in the public. So we need to be very transparent. And this law states exactly what that means to be transparent. And so we will go over notices, agendas, minutes, electronic meetings and participation, and then common issues, things that come up. So Shannon, why don't you start and talk to us a little bit about noticing your public board meeting? Thank you, Gina. So notice must be given 24 hours prior to the start of your meeting. And there's three locations that that needs to be posted. The first being the public notice website and newspapers, and then a physical location. But let's go back. Newspapers are becoming a thing of the past. And many of our schools live in areas where newspapers are not distributed on a regular basis. So the public notice website, if you check notice, will also cover that requirement of a newspaper. Now let's talk about what needs to be posted in your notice. Your notice must include the date, the time, the location, and then the agenda items. Also, most important for you at the beginning of each school year, you should also post the annual meeting schedule on the public notice website so that anyone who's looking to plan long-term has an idea of when your meetings will be held and can plan accordingly. Occasionally, we will find ourselves in situations where we have to have emergency meetings. And those need to truly be emergency meetings, but in the event that that happens, the same steps need to be followed as soon as those meetings have been determined. So the emergency meeting would be posted on the public notice website and at the location of the meeting. So forgetting to post my meeting is not an emergency, right? Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, so in that case, I actually have to postpone my meeting to at least 24 hours. Correct. Okay. So if you have a policy that you needed to pass or you have something you needed to vote on, that does not constitute an emergency meeting. Things like a building flood, something with a director or something along those lines that truly are emergent, those things are what this provision is for. Okay. <laughs> not just forgetfulness on our part. Right. So let's move to agendas. The agenda should include the date, time, and the location of the meeting. In addition, it should also include information on how members of the public would participate electronically if your school has an electronic meeting policy. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. It also should include when you are going to provide an opportunity for the public to address the board. It should include sections for reports, and those reports could be from the director, the finance committee, committee members, and anything else that might be on a regular repeat. It also must include discussion and action items with reasonably specific detail. And that means that if you're discussing a policy, rather than stating policy discussion, you would identify the policy that's going to be discussed so that those who, are, again, are reading the agenda would be able to identify what they're coming to, to hear being discussed. Then also on your agenda, 
best practice is to include a closed session and then action from that closed session. So that if you get into a board meeting and you find yourself in need of a closed session, it's there automatically for you. And also it's clear that there is going to be action taken following that closed session. I mentioned earlier that we have information on electronic participation. In order to have an electronic meeting, there's a few things that must happen. First, on your notice, you must identify how the public is going to participate. So that would mean a link to your meeting. And that also needs to be included in your information on the public notice website. And then you must have an anchor location where the public can participate if they don't have the ability to join you electronically. Now, as we saw with COVID, there may be a time when the anchor location is not necessary. And in the event that the board chair determines that there is a substantial risk of health or safety to board members, then that anchor location does not need to be offered. And that information would all be included in the agenda with the justification and the facts surrounding why that meeting is not going to be held at an anchor location. During the meetings, there are several things that need to comply with the Open Public Meetings Act. You need to follow your agenda. So if you have a a good complete agenda, that will make it a lot easier. It will also make it easier to take good minutes. And in case your minutes aren't great, that's fine. There's a backup because you also need to record your meeting and it needs to be posted to the public notice website within three days after your meeting, that recording, and it needs to be an unedited recording. So just keep that in mind when you start the recording and make sure when you start the recording that you um, put the date, the time, and the place of the meeting. Just have someone announce that as you start that recording. But going back to the minutes, so as you're there, you need to include the names of all those that are in in attendance and absent for the board members. You need to include the public and anyone who speaks. So if you have a business manager coming to give a report, you need to have their name in that record as well. You want the information to be complete enough when it comes to discussions and things, but it doesn't need to be a play-by-play of they said this, and then they said this, and then they said this. You just need to give a a pretty good gist of what's happening. Then when there are action items taken, the votes need to be recorded by name and not just written as unanimous. If board member requests that any specific information be included in the record, then that does need to be included specifically in the minutes. Once those minutes are complete, you need to post your pending minutes within 30 days of that meeting. And hopefully from a meeting before, you will have approved the previous meeting's minutes. And once approved, minutes need to be posted on the public notice website within three days. Best practice is just post your pending minutes, your approved minutes, and your recording within three days of your board meeting. The great thing about the public meeting notice website is that it will keep those records forever. And so as you have different board members or secretaries or school staff, whoever does your minutes, those won't get lost if we post them all to the public notice website and they will be able to update them into whatever electronic format is is the fashion at the time. But if you put it on the public notice website, they are the ones that have to change those formats to make sure that they're available in perpetuity. So Shannon, what are some of the common issues that people run into in violating the Open Public Meetings Act? So the problem we see when people are, board members are using either emails and their collaborative online tools is that that discussion is not being taken or done in the public eye. It is 
completely acceptable for a board chair to send out an email stating facts. Board meeting is at this time. Please come prepared with this. We're going to talk about whatever or give some information that is necessary. The problem comes when they try and dialogue back and forth. So one of the things that we can do to avoid problems there is to send it out and blind CC all the board members so that if there's dialogue or question, it's between the board chair and a board member, not the full board. There's no easy hit reply all and then the entire board is part of the discussion, right? Right. That's where the problem comes. The dialogue and the conversation needs to be held in the public and emails are just not that. Now, what happens if you're all at the back to school night and here comes the board because your children probably go there and you want to attend and you want to support that, but then you all end up running into each other in the hall? Okay. So chance meetings or chance running into each other at different social gatherings That is likely, particularly if you're participating, you've got children at the school, that happens. The problem there comes when you start to discuss school issues. So as long as it's a friendly, hello, how are you, and it's surface, not a problem. If it becomes a conversation of school things, that's where the problem comes in. Now, one of the things we need to be aware of is you as a board know that you're talking about a child, your child, or an event in your family. People on the outside, the stakeholders, your your families don't know that. And so the perception there is that you might be discussing school issues or school concerns or school problems. So it may be kind of embarrassing to notice that, oh, we're constituting a quorum as we stand here and talk, but one or more of you should probably just walk away. And hopefully with the understanding with the other board members that, oh, we don't want to constitute a quorum. We don't want that perception. Perception is tricky because it can lead to complaints that the public may have about how we follow the Open and Public Meetings Act. We hope that in this brief training, you've learned to avoid those perceptions and also learned how to follow the law. We've talked about noticing your meetings, agendas, minutes, and some of those common issues. We encourage you to also take our best practice suggestions so that you can serve your school community in the best way. Thank you for listening today. Please check the show notes for more information, including links to the topics we discussed. You can also access supporting documents at utahcharters.org under the resources tab.